This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. We're live, we're ready. Go. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live from AMI headquarters in the center of it all. Holy moly. This. The most scenic, unbelievable. Is. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic in history. The neutral zone. Welcome to week four with no sports. Not that I'm keeping track, folks, but that is where we are at this moment in time. Week four with no sports here on the Neutral Zone, but we are trucking along. And trucking alongside with me is the host of AMI Audio's Kelly and Company, the one and only Kelly McDonald. Kelly, how are you? I love how you are keeping track. Four weeks in. Yes, indeed, sir. And uh, having to get very innovative, not just as a sports discussionist, but um, fans just trying to enjoy yourself and watch. Yes, it's uh, it's really crazy, crazy times here, um, both on the network, around the world, all over the place with lots of cancellations. But we, as like anyone, are considered essential service so we appreciate it and we just keep delivering good programming we hope i got some news for you uh the former toronto blue jays all-star domiso garcia passed away at the age of 63 this not too far after tony fernandez passed away a couple of months ago so lots of sad news uh if you're a toronto blue jays fan going back a little bit but any thoughts there, Kelly? You know, I remember pl- um, him playing. And again, I can't sit here and say um, I recall a lot. I remember more as a Blue Jay than an Expo and as his career continued. Uh, I, and again, I was younger. I thought our team was still pretty darn good, especially the 85 team, as we know. And uh, watching him play and having that control in the infield was always a delight. He always had a really nice personality whenever you interviewed him and stuff like that. You could just, you felt that smile. Um, and, and as a kid, they were very impressionable, these players on me. So really was sad when, when I heard that earlier in the week. Yeah, I actually, inspired by you, I have been uh, looking at some of the games that I either was too young to remember or just not around for, and I really have quite enjoyed um, doing that, uh, which I really advise the listener out there to do the same. I'm not big on the whole, you know, let's run last year's stuff. I'm I'm not really big on it. It's kind of too recent for me. I'd like to go back and look a little further um, down the lane. Some people do it because of the look. Like I've had people say that, that if you go back, oh, it looks really old. Well, it it is old. I was watching the Expos (laughs) game last night and, uh, and even that, and that's not that old. Yeah, but that's part of, for me, that's part of the, the, the fun is going, wow, like this, it, it does look, you know, older. And I remember telling uh, my fiance, this is what the Rogers or the now Rogers Center looked like, you know, back then in the 90s. And it still just takes people back, even if you're not a sports fan uh in in now as we sit here it's still kind of cool to to look back so yeah we're going to uh take a break and we're going to talk to um greg westlake who is the host of 
AMI TV's level playing field. He was also the former captain of the National Para Ice Sledge Hockey Team. We're going to talk all things, everything with him, his career, his stories, and anything in between. Right after the break here on The Neutral Zone on AMI-audio and Voices for Ability. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Neutral Zone here on AMI-audio and Voices for Ability. I'm your host, Brock Richardson. Coming to you from Kitchener and coming to you from London, Ontario is Kelly McDonald. And if you want to get a hold of either one of us or even AMI, you can do so at AMI Kelly Mac, at AMI-audio, or at Neutral Zone BR. Joining us now is the host of Level Playing Field and former captain of Para Ice Hockey, Hockey for Canada. Greg Westlake, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So before we get into the details of your career and everything you do with AMI, first of all, how are you doing during COVID-19? I appreciate that. You know what's going okay. I'm uh, you know, trying to get the workouts in. I'm making all my own food, so I'm, I'm enjoying a nice, relatively healthy diet. But uh, no, I'm doing well. I got my dog, my fiance, and... Uh, you know, she's still working right now, so I'm going for a lot of dog walks and uh, just trying to stay healthy. That's the way to do it. And it uh, it's a challenge because we're also, i got to be careful, there's so much on the mind. And sometimes that mental health area is where it gets tricky. Hey, Greg, um, tell us how and why you got involved with para-ice hockey. Uh, real uh, a great story here, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, for me, it was just a, um, a passion for the game. You know, I was born with my... Uh, disability, uh, you know, amputating both my feet. And so I've never really had to go through, you know, an accident. Um, you know, we have guys on the team, you know, playing Paralympic sport that are cancer survivors that, you know, served our country in the military, all these incredible stories. And, you know, I, I don't really come from that background. I'm just a guy that loves hockey. And, and I grew up and I played stand-up hockey to the absolute highest level I could. And, you know, I, I was going crazy trying to find ways to get more competitive and, you know, could I play rep and, and how far could I take it? And uh, once I was about 15, 16 years old and you get a little bit more maturity and older and you realize that you're not going to be the first person in the world to make the NHL on two artificial legs. And, right. you know, I, I, and my parents brought it to me and brought me sledge hockey and paradise hockey now and just kind of got me into it and said, you know, if being an athlete and taking hockey as far as you want to take it, it is a priority for you. And, you know, I think they could see how much enjoyment I got from playing the game. Um, they said this would be a good opportunity for me. So I went and I tried it. And honestly, it was the guys on the team that got me hooked. Like I said, I don't have that that crazy story. So I kind of view myself as a storyteller. And I like to share as many stories for, of different guys on the team and kind of what it's meant to me. And uh, so I view my teammates as some of the greatest inspirations and athletes in the world. So just very lucky that I found the program. Beautiful. As a, that is so the, I find, so the classic Canadian, uh, you know, born Canadian hockey fan answer of why they got involved in hockey at any <laughs> level. It's, it's amazing. I really enjoy hearing those stories. Um, as an athlete who's represented Canada at uh, Paralympic Games and countless other uh, events, what was your reaction when you found out that the Olympics and Paralympics would be postponed until next year? 
Well, I, I feel for the athletes, you know, because I, I know how much work goes into it. And, uh, you know, it's funny, these four-year Olympic cycles, they, they fly by, but at the same time, it, it's such a long, grueling process as well. So I felt bad for all, all, all the work that went into it. But at the same time, it, it was the right call. You know, we're dealing with a global pandemic, and, you know, everything just needs to be pushed pause on. There, there's a lot more important things going on right now than, you know, who makes who makes a, a basket and who wins a race. So, you know, we're going to get back there, and, you know, you know, athletes, for the most part, train because they enjoy it, they love their sport, and they want to push themselves to the limits and be the best they can be. And, you know, that's going to be no different a year from now than, than if the games happen. So I'm excited, and, you know, like a lot of things right now, when when everything comes back, I think I think people in general are going to rally around each other, and you know we're not just going to have a, an Olympics and Paralympics. They, they're going to be amazing, and everyone's going to give the athletes the same respect and time that they would have got this year. And I know for me, I'll be a big fan, and I'll be cheering on. During this entire process, even before they uh, canceled and and rescheduled, we kept hearing. Athletes need to know uh, what's going on sooner rather than later because for a while there they were they were still training. Uh, can you talk about what the training is like for those that don't know in a Paralympic year, especially, and how it really was critical to come to a decision as quickly as they could? Well, it's, it's a great question, and you know the, the first thing I'm going to kind of take this a couple of different directions, but you know the first thing that you have to realize for amateur sports is. You know, we don't have a league set up that where we go play weekly games against people from Canada. So for us to get games in, we play against countries like China, countries like Italy, countries that were very impacted by the virus. So, you, you know, we can't just jump on a plane and go play those exhibition games and get the work in that we need to get. And so it really just kind of halted everything. So we're on pause right now. But, you know, the training more specifically it's a lot of self-motivation. You know, being an amateur athlete, not just in Canada, but all over the world, it's a grind. You know, you don't have that fat, that fat pro contract. You're not making millions of dollars unless you're Michael Phelps and, you know, some of those guys. So it's a lot of self-motivation. We wear heart rate monitors for every workout we do, and then that automatically gets sent into Hockey Canada so they know exactly how many calories we're burning, you know, what days we're doing strength and cardio. And, you know, I kind of view it as success by design there's nothing left to chance there's no stone left unturned it's it's prescribed it's every single day you know the cardios the strengths the the mental performance side it really is a full-time job and commitment to, to represent your country and that's why i think amateur sports are so popular with the olympics and all that because the passion comes through. There's not a lot of amateur athletes, whether you're a wrestler, or a sprinter, or a hockey player, that, that doesn't absolutely love their sport. That's phenomenal. And it's so true. Uh, it's that real passion um, that you can obviously see in dedication that has to be there. So, Mr. Storyteller, I'd like to actually call upon that part <laughs> of you now. We've been discussing on various programs here on the network about different moments in individuals' careers. Do you have a few that you're willing to share with us, uh, radio-friendly, of course, in the career? And uh, maybe then we can talk about some of the ones that are uh, <clears throat> those offside funny ones that can be shared. <laughs> in terms of what? In terms of just like teammates I've met that have had a, an impact on my career? Yeah, people or in just any particular stories from being out there and doing that, our audience might say, wow, that's kind of cool or that's a funny experience. Well, you know, I, I assume and I appreciate how knowledgeable you guys are on, you know, Olympic and Paralympic sports and all that. Um, 
you, you know, for me, I really went through the transition of kind of going from an able-bodied sporting background into the para-sporting para world. Yes. And so for, for me, the very first story that stands out, I, I had two teammates named Brad Belden and Billy Bridges. Um, and at the time when I first was trying to make my way onto the team and kind of develop as a player, they were probably two of the best players in the world, and they were on Canada, so it was great because I got to get on the ice with them every day. And, you know, I remember I was playing not even hockey. I was playing basketball with Brad one day, and just for no reason, he would just sprint from one end of the court to the other, just constantly sprint. And I remember after a set, I turned to him. I was like, man, why are you working so hard playing basketball? And he just explained to me, said, man, like if I just work my hardest in every drill, in every rep, in everything I do, whether it's hockey, gym, basketball, some random game in the backyard, he's like, there's no way I'm not going to get better as a person, as an athlete. Um, and I remember that stuck with me my whole career, and I always try to be a really hardworking guy in practice. And that was just from, you know, when you talk about culture uh, on teams, that's why team culture is so important because you got to have young guys come in and you need to have the right guys there to show them the ropes. And I'm so lucky that I had some guys around me that were that were world-leading in their skill level, but also just in the way that they treat their bodies and, and act away from the rink. And so, you know, that that's just a very PG good example of just having the right people around you that motivate you and make you a better athlete in person because that's what it's all about. Wow, what a mantra, though, to hold on to. Uh, any offside little kind of uh, funny story from your experiences being out there? You know, there's a lot. Um <laughs> You know, I, I just love traveling. I love the pranks. I love hanging with the guys. I love the jokes. I love watching, you know, movies on the road, playing video games with the guys, and just that camaraderie. I, nice. I love all that stuff. You, you know, I'm such a, I'm such a hockey nerd. I like the bus rides. I like the plane travel. Like I just, I, I really buy into the lifestyle. And so there, there, there's a lot of stories, a lot of fun times on the road, and uh, I think that's what makes a good team. Uh, you know, because it, it's a lot different. When you're an individual athlete just trying to win a race, you know, it really is about just how fast can you run or how fast can you can you push your boat. Whereas for us, there's a lot of chemistry. There, you know, people forget about the, the team building aspect of it, and you have to love each other, and it has to be genuine, and you have to really want to win for the other guy's family. And you develop all that not just through working hard, but, you know, everything that goes on when you're together. Beautiful. Um. I just want to get an idea as to um, what you do with uh, Level Playing Field, and can you talk a little bit about that uh, with AMI TV? Yes, Level Playing Field is the best. I've had, you know, I, I told you that story about Brad, and, and he kind of opened my eyes to what a Paralympic athlete is, and just really how hard you train, and and all that. And then so hosting this show, it, it reintroduced me, and re, it kind of reignited my love and passion i'm working harder now just hosting this show because i'm around so many good people and i think a big part of life is surrounding yourself with the right support team and when i'm on this level playing field show i'm interviewing people that have been through some amazing things in their life i'll give you a quick example um one of the things we did we flew out to Kelowna and we did a feature on a, on a man named rob shaw and rob was a uh, able-bodied tennis pro and he got uh certified to teach wheelchair tennis and adaptable tennis when he was able-bodied then ended up having a you know a freak accident jumping into a pool where he broke his <clears throat> his neck and ended up in a wheelchair and now it ended up being able to play um, para tennis and uh, we, we did a big feature on him a big interview uh, it was amazing his attitude's fantastic he's such a positive guy I had such a good time with him out in Kelowna and then a month later he went out and won a gold medal at the para pan am games so 
you know, my goal is people tune into this level playing field. You, you get to see some of those stories that aren't covered every day on major networks, and then we get to share in some of this glory. You know, I, I hope some, some more people jumped on the web stream and, and got to see Rob win his gold medal because he's an incredible human being and he deserves all the accolades that go his way. And, and so I really enjoy that about level playing field. And even to take that a step further, it's not just about high-level gold medal performances. That's one aspect of it that's fantastic. But, you know, where people with disabilities can really make another difference, too, is just in day-to-day life. You know, we did, we did another feature on a girl named Keely Shaw, um, who is a fantastic cyclist, but she struggles with, a, with an eating disorder. So if you watch that one, you know, maybe there's a lot of people at home that can relate to, you know, some of the mental health struggles, and maybe Keely could help you with that. And so there's just so – every single one we do, they've done such a good job over at AMI just finding the right content. My job's the easiest in the world. I just get to go talk to incredible people. Sounds like a lot of fun, and I have tuned into the show, and I enjoy watching it. So I highly recommend people go and uh, check it out because uh, it's great to watch. Greg, I had so many more questions for you, but we ran short on time. Thank you so much for coming and doing uh, today's show, and uh, we'll have you on down the line. Man, get me back on. I could talk all day. We gotta get. <laughs> we gotta talk some hockey. We gotta get going. It's funny. That's what I've heard of with my counterparts. Usually, Brett and Cam. They say, "Oh, you could fill a whole hour show with him." So we'll have you on again <laughs> down the line. I can't wait, and I appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Greg. That's Greg Westlake, who is the host of Level Playing Field and also represented Canada at many Paralympic Games. And it was great to have him on, and we look forward to doing it again down the line. Coming up next, Kelly and I are going to talk a little bit about some of the stuff you can catch this weekend, even though there are no sports, but there are still some cool stuff to check out this weekend. Stay with us right after the break here on The Neutral Zone on AMI-audio and Voices for Ability. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Neutral Zone here on AMI-audio and Voices for Ability. I am your host, Brock Richardson, coming to you from Kitchener, coming to you from London, Ontario, is the host of Kelly and Company, who, interestingly enough, you would have just heard from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, and they do a great show every single day. Catch them on podcast as you can us. Kelly, we have a few things to... Uh, chat about. The first thing I want to let people know is that Game 5 of the American League Division uh, Series from 2015 is being played on Sportsnet beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern, but then they're going to switch gears and do a Facebook Live event starting at 9, and they're going to go for about 90 minutes on this uh, Facebook Live event. You're going to have people like Jose Bautista, you're going to have Hazel May and Shai Davidi, and I believe Danielle Michaud will also be uh, making an appearance as well. All of those people you can catch on uh, Sportsnet in various capacities. Um, Kelly, what sticks out to you about the 2015 series, specifically Game 5? You know, some of the negative stuff, obviously, for the whole series itself in the way of the presentation of, of fans and the frustration, but I also understand in Toronto 
and across this country, we have real fans, people really into the sport, really loving it. And I, I know we always say, oh, there's the bandwagon riders. That's okay because they're supported. We saw it with the Raptors. We saw people with passion getting frustrated over sometimes what is unfair calling and, and you know, not to cry that, oh, well, we didn't achieve because. So for me, it was the... <laughs> Passion and hatred between the Rangers and the Jays. Uh, that was a year where there was a lot of animosity, which those old-time sports fans say that's the way it should be. A lot of those coaches and managers on teams don't like when you turn, when somebody's on first base from the other team. Hey, how's the wife and kids? You know, they're screaming, never mind. They don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. In that series, the tension really seemed to build and build and build. Of course, to the punch uh, of Jose Bautista, um, mm-hmm. which nobody likes Odor from the Texas Rangers in Toronto, it seems. But, uh, yeah, just a, a crazy series. Now, I do have something else I want to get to, but I just want to ask you, when the ball hit the bat and everything happened there, oh. did you know what the rule was? No. Or were you like most of other Canadians that said, what happens now? Well, I knew that obviously the interference, if that's going to happen when the throw that we're talking about happens, but it wasn't the standard way that, you know, somebody goes to take a throw and just there's a clip. Like there's there's a, a little area where, of course, the umpires have that leeway. And I I think that, you know, you feel bad. Russell Martin, uh, <laughs> you know, who you think he is, that professional player that he is. Uh, there were a couple of those little things that we saw starting to happen and, Obviously, you know, they had to get the call right. I think they did get it right, but it's it was really frustrating because it's one of those ones that it could have it could have been an acceptable um throw, but it turned pretty nasty. It really did and it turned Easy. the game and really made it ugly. Easily one in a thousand uh, throws, and I may even be underestimating that that that's going to happen, especially with a guy at the caliber of Russell Martin. You never, never see that happen, and that's why the whole discussion of was it right, was it wrong, but I do believe they got it right. Before we wrap today... Yeah. Before we wrap today, I just want to get to the uh, Last Dance, which is a ten-part documentary to focus on the uh, Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls from the '90s. Will you watch beginning Sunday, Kelly? No. I. I mean, I might check it out. It's nothing against it. It's. I'm a little Michael Jordan out. I mean, what a player and stuff like that. Not really from my basketball watching era. Um, there's probably other things I would find interesting, but what a put-together piece as we've seen all these things are. Yeah, and uh, for those of you wondering, in Canada, it will be available on Netflix shortly after the broadcast in the States. So 10-part documentary stretched out over about a month or so. So look forward for that. That is the end of our show for this week. I'd like to thank Kelly McDonald. I'd also like to thank our technician, Matt Agnew. I'd also like to thank our... Technical Supervisor Paula Deneen and our manager of AMI-audio is Andy Frank. Tune in next week because you never know what happens when you enter the neutral zone. Cam Jenkins will join us next week. Can't wait till we talk to you then. Have a great week. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.